trust your baby. They are intuitive and they know what their body needs. Welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. We're your hosts, Tessa and Shayna. We are sisters, mothers, and doulas and are passionate about living an intentional life and all things motherhood. This podcast exists to create community as we learn how to delight in motherhood together. Join us weekly as we chat with women about anything and everything from non-toxic living to women's health to feeding our families and our favorite topic of all, birth. We are so glad you're here. Please keep in mind the views of our guests may not necessarily reflect our own and vice versa. This is not medical advice. We always encourage you to do your own research and make an informed decision. Let's get to it. Well, hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. We are your hosts, Shayna and Tessa. And we are so glad you guys are here today. We're just going to be chatting and living it up about some baby foods, eating, biological infant feeding. It's going to be a fun time. It's the best first foods. Yeah. Before we do that, how are you? What's going on? Everything good in your world? Appreciating this beautiful weather that we're getting. A little it's very nice. Um, just wondering, like, yeah, is my stuffy nose allergies or change of weather? Who really knows? I don't know. We won't know. All, all season. <laughs> wait, long. It out, wait it out. Uh, we really wanted to focus on talking a little bit about just first foods and yes. solids and kind of that journey and what it looks like. We know it can be something that is super intimidating. Yeah. Um, and feel like a full-time job. I know with our close friends, we're always like, it is a full-time job. Like, yep. especially when you're just starting out and you're trying to do everything right. Exactly. And prepare these foods yourself and terrified of your child choking, <laughs> choking versus gagging, you know, <laughs> giving them enough first foods, yes. exploring their palate enough, yep. dealing with the sensory and the play and exploratory. There's so many things. And then when it yeah. starts to come like, oh, I need to give them two meals a day or two snacks a day and things like that, it becomes really overwhelming. So yeah. we wanted to give you guys just some ideas, break some things down of yep. kind of our own journeys, how we went about it. This again is just our personal journeys mm-hmm. from our research, kind of things that we apply, some things we might be changing with yeah. our next ones and just kind of how we got here. Yeah. So, we hope it's fun and informative. Yeah. And honestly, like this is can be such an overwhelming topic and just it kind of like an anxiety for lack of a better word. It can be anxiety inducing and just stressful. Um, and so we hope that maybe talking about what we have done and our journeys with our kiddos and can give you some encouragement, can give you some ideas like what Tessa said, and just uh, a joy and an excitement for it versus like a stress and watching the schedule and the time and how many meals they've had today and all that stuff. So I'm going to jump in. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about our journeys are similar, but yeah. Sage is older. So you yeah. started that first. Yeah. The way I really kind of jumped into feeding uh, with Sage, I it was something that I was really excited about. Um, and it was fun for me <laughs> because I I love to cook. We both love to cook. It's very part of our family and just kind of a lot of our life and like events are centered around food. I think like most families, but it's just something we kind of wanted to bring back in that joy as well with. So with Sage, I really did a lot of research and just kind of found that for me and my son, I really wanted to go about his first foods kind of like in a more ancestral way. Um, so kind of leaning into the Weston A. Price, um, 
foundation and how they list out their first foods, but then also leaning into this idea of like nutrient dense and letting every food be purposeful, yeah, especially in the beginning. Um, because, you know, kind of as they get a little bit older and they're trying new things, not everything has to be something that is really nutrient dense or is fueling them. But Like the serenity puffs? Yeah. Are they just nourishing, fueling their body? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But do they love them? Happy <laughs> and distracting them. So what we did, and what it's the same what Shannon is, we really focused on a couple first foods, and those were bone broth. It was a really quality pasture-raised egg. Mm-hmm. So egg yolk, giving it to them in a proper way, just doing almost like a soft-boiled egg and presenting it to them that way. And that is typically um, fed to them through a spoon. So this is yeah. all baby-led weaning, secure life. This is very much a combination of how we both did it but yeah so foods like egg yolks bone broth uh sardines as silly as that sounds just really really high your omegas and your vitamin a amazing for brain development even oysters if that's something that you are comfortable with Um, oysters are another one avocado amazing good good fats sweet potato sweet potato bananas but yeah, we, we really stayed in that zone mm-hmm. those first six to seven for a good while. Um, because just even that right there, you can add in your egg yolk into your sweet potato, right? Yep. Or you can add egg yolk with avocado and you can have bone broth into your sweet potato mash. And so yep. things like that, we just really started to build and com- like combine it together. So mm-hmm. those are really just easy, just simple first foods. And again, the way we're preparing everything is we're focusing on a quality salt. We weren't afraid of salt when we started giving our babies food. We're focusing on a quality salt. So like Crucial 4 or Jacobson. Um, real even, salt. Yeah, real salt, Redmond salt. All those are just different like salts that are actually quality good. We need salt in our diet. So yeah, yes, no, we're not dousing their food in table salts. So we're giving them a quality salt because so much of our food is deficient of the minerals that we used to have in the soil. But right. now the way agriculture and farming has gone, we don't have those minerals that we used to have in our food. So we do need to replenish our food. And so having adequate salt is super important. Um, The other thing is that we always encourage of like pediatricians or um, healthcare providers will be like, oh, baby's four months and look, they're, you know, starting to sit up. You can start introducing foods whenever you want. Mm -hmm. And so then people feel like a pressure of like, oh, okay, so I have to start introducing food when my baby is four months. And a lot of times baby isn't even showing signs of wanting food, of bringing their hands to their mouth in any kind of way, which is also an indicator that they're getting more exploratory, that they're wanting that sensory output. So all of these things are just watch your baby. You know, as you would say with breastfeeding, don't watch the clock watch your baby. You'll know when your baby's hungry. The baby, your baby gives you cues and you're able to be there. Same thing with this. Trust your baby. They are intuitive and they know what their body needs. And again, you could have a six-month-old that is sitting up and is grab, trying to grab everything. And you're like, okay, well, I know that there's an interest. They're physically able to do it, which is huge. Core strength is so important with swallowing, right? Like that would be dangerous if we had a baby that couldn't sit up all the way and we're trying to feed them food. So watching your baby, are they struggling with it? Give them some time. And again, it's like, I think we put our own pressure on our, this own pressure on ourselves of like, okay, we have to start food and we have to introduce a new one every three days. And we have to do this and we have to have this. I was like, you could have this, give your baby the same food for three weeks. They don't care. 
like if they are liking that egg yolk, my daughter loved egg yolk, loved avocado, like loved all that stuff. And I was like, well, I, I would call up Tess like, should I be introducing something else or like just let her keep riding this wave because she's loving it. And she's like, yeah, just let her do it. So I think just going back to that, being in tune with your child, which you are as parents, as caregiver, whatever it is, and just watching them because they'll tell you, right? Yeah. They're very intuitive and they know and that trying to grab your fork and put their food in their mouth and maybe start giving <laughs> them their own fork with something on it. <laughs> Another thing that I think uh, it's definitely, I don't even know when it started, but like a device like the Bumbo is going to give your child a little bit of a false um, strength, strength that like, so a lot of the Bumbo is very much advertised as like, you know, just sit on the counter with mom has a tray. It's a little seat, right? But if that baby isn't able to sit up on the floor, up upright by themselves, they should never be put in a bumbo. And that again, this goes into force strength. This goes into, you know, OT and PT, different things, but it really is that a device should not be holding your baby up. So we, you know, bumbo, sure, go ahead and use that, but only when baby is sitting by themselves and is able to really have that strength to push themselves up. Right. And you know, when your baby's still trying to practice and they get on the floor and they kind of collapse and then they try to push, right. A baby who is still trying to push their body up is not ready to start taking in solids and having a complete swallow. So just things like the bumbo, you know, it's always like put them on your lap too. Yeah. That's always a nice way. Put them on your lap. If they're able to sit up, put them in the high chair too and that way they can see face to face and they're watching you they're watching you chew they're watching you swallow they're watching you lick your lips and just these simple practices of like that's really our heart too is just bringing it back to like the family table and whether yeah. it's just the family is just you and your baby that's great whether the family is three other siblings mom and dad and grandma amazing but really just bring it back to the table and encouraging that because babies are so so social and right around that five six month mark they are right. If they're breastfeeding or bottle feeding you, they're reaching for your mouth and they're trying to grab your mouth and communicate yeah. with you that way. Cause that's just showing like, okay, we got something going on. You're feeding me. I'm going to feed you. And so, so there's this sweet interaction that starts to happen right around the five, six month mark, but even more so letting them be a part of the family, sit at the table. And that's always just our heart is like, okay, sit with your kid. Don't feed them and wonder why they're not eating. If you walk away or if you're in the kitchen, sitting away from them, sitting with them, modeling with them, making this fun, making it social because eating is such a social thing that we get to do together. So that's another one of just like a simple principle, just kind of bringing it back to the basics. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be this crazy, you know, Yeah, the stressor <laughs> and just exactly what you were saying, but they, babies watch us, right? They're going to mirror everything we do. So if you're chewing with your mouth closed and you're showing them how we do it, how we swallow, how we take a cup and we put it to our lips and we sip it, like all of those things, that's, they, they need that to, in order to explore their own and to know what they're supposed to do. Right. So that's huge developmentally. And then also just like thinking back, just generations of like, we know that people weren't stressing about what to give their baby. They sat down for dinner mm -hmm. and when their baby was ready, baby would engage and take pieces of whatever was at the table. So I think just the simplicity of like 
not every meal needs to be different for baby. Not every meal needs to be separate. It can be inclusive. You might have sweet potatoes and cheeseburgers for dinner. And maybe your baby just eats the sweet potatoes. You know, it's like, it's simple things like that. You can introduce whatever you want to introduce, but being inclusive and just really simple in the process. I think that's what I really loved about the way that we introduced solids to just everything we ate. She had some sort of the same thing. You know, we ate pasta, maybe she ate a different kind of um, a brown rice noodle instead of full on gluten or whatever it may be um, to your own family's needs. But that was huge. And it's, it's and, great. And we kind of segue with that even. So why is it that we don't and why did we kind of wait <laughs> to not really introduce these starches and grains until our babies were over a year? Well, I'll say I didn't, I wish I had like fully stuck out with starches because she ate some starches. Oh. Like not fully, Probably, but like yes, she did have soaked and, oats yeah. and different things. So going forward, some things I would change, like I would be a little bit more purposeful of for our next child, just doing, waiting it out a little bit more, getting more creative with the different ingredients and the whole foods that I can implement. Um, but you typically want to wait to introduce starch until babies have their molars. So get their first molars around a year. Some kids, it's earlier. My daughter, she was like 11 months um, and her molars cut through. For some, it might be a little bit later. Everyone's on their own schedule, but you want to wait because when the molars are fully out, right, have popped through the gums, um, there is an enzyme in our saliva called amylase, amylase um, that helps break down the starches. So before that, babies don't have that enzyme in their saliva to help break down the starches, which makes it harder for them to digest the food, which can make them constipated or um, uncomfortable, irritable, like how we would feel if we couldn't fully digest something and it's just sitting in our system. Um, so that's another reason why we were slower. I was slower. I could be way slower as I will try next time. But, and again, just Everything is just presenting. We're all about informed decisions um, and empowered decisions. So the more you know, the more you're able to go forward and make the best decision for your baby, which is all we want to encourage everyone to do. Like, bring it back to simplicity and the basics. Bring it back to the table. Have your child eat what you eat, whatever, in whatever way you're comfortable with that. And just slowing it down of like, Again, we know some babies that didn't start eating until they were nine months old and they have amazing palates and amazing appetites and eat tons as toddlers, but you just watch your baby. And I think that's huge. Yeah, it's too. It's something that we really want to just encourage mamas that, okay, just like you, like we eat probably the same three to four things for breakfast on rotation. Like it's always the same. So we don't have to be surprising our kids. Toddlers, that's a different story. Toddlers are much trickier and it's a constant, (laughs) constant mind trick. But babies, you don't have to keep changing it out. Like, no, they need something else. It's been, okay, exactly what she was saying. Like, it has to be every three days. No, it doesn't. And just like us, like, we are okay to eat. Like, oh, yeah, we love overnight oats. We're going to have, you know, egg in a nest. We're going to have whatever it is. Um, Just a couple days in a row, we're going to have cottage cheese and fruit and a piece of sourdough. We just change it up, but about every three days. And that's okay for your baby to be similar. Another thing that we both loved about the baby led weaning 
style, but we would say ours is more like a little bit more of that biological eating is that baby did always eat what we ate, which made baby even more so a part of the family. And then it's not another trip to, I didn't go buy baby's canned food at the store, her, all her purees, et cetera, or I need to go make baby this because they won't eat anything else but a cheese quesadilla, for example. If that's the case, that's why we really like to say like, okay, have them start to just start eating the foods that you're eating. And even if it's just a taste here and there, like that is, again, Shannon's like, if we have, let's say what, I don't know, like steak tacos. Yeah. You know, it can be a deconstructed steak taco. Right. So you might have siete flours if that's something you want, like siete flour tortillas. Oh, you might so have great. homemade sourdough flour tortillas. You might have just corn tortillas that you got from the store. Amazing. And you might have some melted cheese in there and then bits of steak cut up. And again, they can be eaten exactly what we eat. And that is something. Or they that- could have like a bowl. Like I would do a lot of um, yep. beans with the meat and a little. Yep. I introduced sour cream later, but like a little sour cream on top. Okay. Uh, so great. but yeah, just kind of making it like it ha- can be really simple of just say, eat what we eat. And that's something very true of both of our kids. Like we're not making them their own special meals. They're not getting dino nuggets because that's the only thing that they'll eat, but also because they probably never had dino nuggets. Never had them. Um, at this point. And honestly, I know if Sage did have one, he'd be obsessed and he'd be no going back. Me. No going back from that one. I have a story. He's in his class. And I said, no snacks. I checked what the snacks were and they were, you know, Welch's gummies and then they were goldfish. And it was just something I was like, you know, he doesn't need snack. And I repeated it probably five times. Then I wrote it down on the piece of paper, like no snack for stage. And he left that the room that day just saying, mama, Sage need goldfish. I need goldfish. And they all ate goldfish in the classroom. And and the teacher really, she asked me about three times when I was picking up, like, hey, do you want me to give you a cup of goldfish? He really wants them. I was like, it's okay. He's okay. We're going to go home and eat lunch. But even just something like that, just encouraging you guys that it was a little bit awkward. Um, You don't need to be as like strict as I was at all, but it can be in whatever way this looks like. If you don't want your child having ice cream you can say no at the party for them to not have ice cream just really just reminding you of like this is the journey that you're setting out for them or if you want them to have ice cream well who cares exactly it's just like being confident in your decision and you're knowing your why which we always say like building it going back to the foundation of what is your why for it then you have a reason and you have even more of a grant ground to stand on that you will be like yeah my child actually is not yet having ice cream because X, Y, and Z. Or yeah, totally fine. And you also don't owe anyone an explanation. You can just say no. Yes. And offer something else. Like I always will do that. Offer something else. I gave like she wanted like cake, which she's never had. I gave her like a slice of an apple and she was fine and eating it. Um, which sounds like I'm a terrible mom, but it's just as delicious to her. She has no idea. And right. not, I know she'll love it. That's the other thing. Like, I know that she is going to love this sweet, ooey, gooey greatness. Um, ooey, gooey greatness. Ooey, gooey greatness. Yeah. We can give a couple of ideas for what we are feeding our toddlers now because that is a really hard one. <laughs> toddlers. Um, we would love to hear any more questions that you guys want to go over with just anything with, like, food. Again, we did not do a detailed of 
here's why, here's the research, laying it out. Now. That is something we might dive into a little bit later. We just kind of wanted to give an overview of like, this is always your choice. You have so many choices. And at the end of the day, we want to bring it back to at the table together, modeling to your children and just the simple, basic foundational stuff. So, yep. And also, um, Oh my gosh, I was. Oh, after our episode last week with Angie, which if you didn't listen to it, it's a really amazing episode. She's a malfunctional therapist, CFT, like incredible. Um, But also building off of that, of jaw development, of oral function, that is also a huge part of why we are doing what we're doing in our own individual feeding journeys with our children. And again, it's not like we are, you know, mere images of each other. Tessa was a lot more relaxed in some senses than I was. I had a lot more anxiety around feeding with river so it's like our own journeys we're still our own but similar philosophies and just that bring it back to the basics mm-hmm. but jaw function um oral function jaw growth and development that was also huge so like just letting your kid like gnaw and chew and suck on hard things of not being afraid of those things because again your baby is an intuitive eater and they know what they can and cannot handle yeah i'm just the idea with that of like actual chewing is, you know, in the last 50 or so years, uh, the way that the American industrialized like food industry. Um, industry is for babies is everything is a soft puree. And of course, there's a time and place for soft puree. 100%. Absolutely. But we're what our heart is to really return back to like, okay, how were our grand, how was our grandmother eating, right? And our grandmother was eating <laughs> meat off of bones which mm-hmm. is huge because we're mm-hmm. doing this tearing and shearing with our teeth we're cutting and chewing and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of jaw strength and movement yeah um she's eating liver which is a super nutrient dense thing they're eating yep. tons of eggs uh again even we didn't even get into dairy and the pasteurization of yeah. dairy and that's a whole nother thing but just really focusing on that nutrient density of like okay liver vitamin a it is so so packed full of amazing nutrients have a capsule if you don't want to do it raw or we'll link form. our our favorite yes we will liver ones capsules. But, but really kind of pulling away from the idea that everything is soft so right we are losing the ability to chew because we are not even training ourselves at this young age to start chewing so yeah. again angie mentioned a lot of amazing uh chewing toys yeah. and devices that you can use with myo munchie and just and snacks to do yeah at different mm-hmm. snacks so go back to that episode and listen to it if you have it but really encouraging jaw movement and yep. chewing is big so don't be afraid to give your kid that you know semi-steamed carrot to chew on that mm-hmm. semi-steamed you know broccoli skewered to chew on those are all we really need those habits to start at that young age yeah. and to really start forming them so that was just something again that we both were just had a big emphasis on for our kids and, and we're still working on it today right it's something that's a journey and that we have not gotten to the top of the mountain like this no. is hard and it's really hard to keep thinking of ways apples carrot sticks broccoli celery jerky, dried mango dried mango dried apples any dried fruit like that, that they have to rip and tear i will say like that something. sourdough bread sourdough bread yeah homemade sourdough bread is it is hard to chewy eat and hard to eat that crust and sage avoids it so does river and it's so funny yes but you have to think like something that's hard they are going to pull away from so when something's tiring and it hurts their jaw muscles they're going to pull away from it 
Yeah. We so can listen, go on. Listen on. to Angie's episode. <laughs> and also just like at the end of the day, every journey is different. You do what is right for your family, for your baby, whatever that looks like. Just the more options you have and the more awareness to these different things we always think is important. And that's one thing I would change for, um, you know, our next baby would be the fact that I didn't give River as many hard things to chew on mm -hmm. at that younger stage. And I wish I had. I gave her a lot of toys to chew on and different things. But now, even more so, she has a harder time chewing certain things. And so just working on that. It's an exercise. They're working it out. We don't want to force them, like Angie said last week. But just giving them space to explore and to try new things yep. is so huge. Yep. But some ideas, I would say, um, for meals for River, again, goes back to like eating the amount of times that she wants to eat off of my plate versus hers. We're eating the same thing, so it doesn't matter, but it's different to her. Um, we do a lot of protein oatmeal. I'll soak the oats overnight so that they're easy to digest. They've opened up. I love that. We add in collagen, you know, milk, butter. Chia I add an egg yolk, chia seeds. It is so nutrient dense and amazing. And then we top it with, you know, more butter, more milk, a little maple syrup some fruit. Um, she is loving eggs over easy right now, which is so easy because she just eats that egg yolk right up. And I always offer it with some protein, whatever kind she wants and fruit. We're big fruit family over here. That's what she loves. Um, babies need, they don't need yep. the vegetables. They need, they need fruit the and protein. Yeah. Sugar and carbohydrates that is what fuels. Yeah. It's okay if the child is all these vegetables that is yep. okay. We want protein, we want some good dairy, and we want some fruit. It's yeah. amazing. It's an amazing combination. What do you do for lunch? Some lunch ideas. We do, we eat a lot of Ezekiel bread in yep. our family, or if Shayna will ever make me a loaf of sourdough, which I got this week. Don't even act like we that. Have, <laughs> we have uh, sourdough sandwiches. We do a lot of raw cheese, just good organic turkey yeah. we'll do um cut up apples i still take off the skin for sage personally we'll dip we'll dip it in homemade peanut butter we'll do cucumber skewers dipped in hummus yeah. um and we will do a lot of i mean we do a lot of leftovers for lunch yeah. from the, the night before so if we had chicken the night before last night i had chicken and broccoli he would probably eat that today as well. So just really utilizing what you have that way. Again, yeah. he's chewing any meat you're chewing. Yeah, you can't Such get around a, that. You can't get around that. <laughs> Tofu, enemy. And, and you swallow that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> slippery, slippery. Um, I would say also like snack, snack boards or snack trays. Yep. River has been loving those, but it's just like put a bunch of fruit, whatever veggies you have, pickles, anything, you cheese, meat, crackers, and just eat it together, go outside, whatever, however it works out for you. But we have been loving those too. It's really easy. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese. Good culture cottage cheese is our favorite. So high in protein. It's culture. amazing. And their sour cream is my favorite. Um, okay. Hot dogs. So, yes. Grass-fed beef hot dogs. We do cut up. Cut up. Very small. Um. <laughs> Sauerkraut. Yes. I mean, that's like a yeah. classic lunch that yep. and River both love. Yep. And then some dinner ideas. Honestly, they just eat whatever we eat. So we do a lot of like um, rice bowls. So um, some like ground beef. We might go Asian inspired. Yeah. We do a lot of tacos. Not being afraid of seasoning, allowing mm -hmm. them to have seasonings. Yep. 
And also knowing coming from the place of how we cook for ourselves, we're not afraid for our kids to eat it. Yeah. And we might reduce like soy sauce in the yeah. recipe and replace it with coconut aminos. Yeah. It's a really that. easy replacement. Most any recipe that calls for just pure cane sugar, we will replace with coconut sugar. Just simple honey, things like that. Maple, honey syrup. maple syrup. Um, yeah. You but, can do some easy swaps. And that's really, we do that a lot. We swap out the flour. Um, so we hope this is helpful. We yeah. love talking about it. As you can see, we were planning on this being a shorter episode, <laughs> but we love talking about this. And just again, just make your decision and know why and be confident in that. That journey is going to look different than anyone else's. Our journeys look different from one another. Um, so just be confident in that. And we hope this was encouraging and we'll link some of the things we talked about. Yep. And I think that's it. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Mama. We're so thankful you decided to join us today and we hope you go forward in your day feeling encouraged and seen. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. The first way is to share the show with a friend via text or Instagram. You can follow and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And finally, follow us on Instagram at 4 Birth. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week for another episode.